What's up, everyone? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm Rita. And I'm David. And coming at you with another episode. Fair warning, we are hot messes this morning. <laughs> this fine Sunday morning. Yeah, it's been a very long week. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We we're... are both kind of feeling our age. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel hungover and I didn't even have anything to drink yet. Yeah. Um, David, what's for brunch? We went to a local favorite for us, Snooze. Um, anyone in the Denver, Colorado area will probably have heard of Snooze. But if you haven't, check it out. There's a couple locations around town. Uh, I got a like a breakfast sandwich with like sausage and egg. And what'd you get? I got eggs Benedict, um, and then we shared a OMG French toast, which is like a salted yeah. caramel French toast with kinda. like yeah, with like toasted coconut, and it's got like cream cheese filling. It's there's a reason we split it. I don't think either one of us could have handled it all on our own. <laughs> yep. And then I'm drinking a Bloody Mary, and I got a cocktail called the Abra Calavra. I thought it would be kind of suiting for <laughs> our episode today. Um, I already forgot what's in it, but it's basically like champagne and some fruit juices. Apricot liqueur and then uh, lavender and honey. Yeah. And it has like a lavender leaf in it, but David thinks it looks like a bug. It does look like a bug. My favorite kind of lavender is the (laughs) bug kind. But it's it's very good. And I mainly just wanted to get it because it's, it's fitting. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the 2006 film, The Prestige. And you guys, if you listened to the last episode, you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try like a different, we're still trying to figure out our yeah, we're gonna mess like with, rhythm with the episodes. Yeah, we're going to mess with some of the like the order in which we talk about things and think it's a, you know, it's a growing thing. So uh, definitely feel free to let us know what you think. And if you have any suggestions, please let us know. We're going to delve into this. Um, storyline here yeah all right grab some brunch and join us let's go i wouldn't joke about anything else that happens David, you're going to start us off with some facts? Sure. So we are talking about uh, The Prestige, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Hugh Jackman as Robert Angier, or the great Danton, as he goes by. Christian Bale plays Alfred Borden. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is Olivia. Rebecca Hall is Sarah Michael Caine is Cutter. I don't know why I'm going into all of these names, actually, because we're probably (laughs) not going to talk about most of them. But then it also had a couple cool characters that had, like, more minor roles. Uh, David Bowie was actually, actually played Nikola Tesla. Andy Serkis played his assistant, Allie. And then Piper Parabo, which... I don't know. I she was kind of big, I guess, around this time. I mean, she, she was started like, the drama. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, she was in like Coyote Ugly and oh, stuff and like, like that. Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, she was yeah. in like a couple things around that time. I haven't really done a whole lot since then. I I don't think. But she played uh, Julia. Yep. 
And then total budget was forty million. Forty million, so relatively cheap by today's standards. Ugh, everything's cheap by today's standards. Yeah, that's true. Marvel <laughs> really raised the bar. <laughs> Marvel's like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Opening weekend, it made fourteen point eight million, which is it was it was number one for yeah. the weekend. But it was it number was, one. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I don't remember if I did either actually i definitely didn't i remember watching it after the fact i probably didn't 2006 was not a great year for me <laughs> we were freshmen so <laughs> yeah it wasn't like we were like going to the movies every weekend yeah total box office though was 109.7 million that's a lot that's a that's a lot of money again not by today's standards but <laughs> i don't know it's a lot i'm always yeah. gonna think it's a lot of money because like, <laughs> I'll never come close to that. Kind right. Of... It's a lot of money for me. Like, I'm not spending that much money on anything. <laughs> it was released alongside five other movies The Grudge 2, Flags of Our Fathers, which is like a Clint Eastwood military movie, Shut Up and Sing. Um, that was that documentary about the Dixie Chicks, or I oh. guess they're the Chicks now, about that comment that they made at a concert about George W. Bush. They had a whole documentary just about that. Yeah. It was basically about how, like, you're an entertainer. Like, mind your business. It's not your job to speak out on public stuff, which is very different from the world we live in today. Oh, yeah. Celebrities are, like, expected (laughs) to to say stuff. And then the last movie that it was released, uh, I love that I said it was released alongside five other movies, but it was actually released alongside four movies. And it was the fifth one. I just. (laughs) <laughs> can't do that. Including itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the last movie was a re-release of The Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D. Oh, man. Because it was, like, right around I Halloween. I definitely didn't see that. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. And I was, like, I saw it, and I was, like, what the hell? Did this movie come out in 2006? No, it came out, like, 1993 or something like that. Yeah. We were. It's, like, yeah. Ugh. I was so confused for a second. I was, like, what the hell? But... Well, I, I mean, I don't know. If yeah. I had to choose between seeing the prestige or seeing the nightmare before Christmas, I might have I might have opted for the nightmare before Christmas. That's a tough call. Yeah. Um I've I'd like that movie well enough that I don't like it as much as it seems like everybody else seems to like it. Don't don't say that to me right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> um yeah. My memory of The Nightmare Before Christmas was when I had finished my first semester of nursing school. We had, like, just had our last final and a bunch of my friends. And I were like, we're going to fucking party because we're done with school. Like, no more (laughs) school Christmas break. And we went uh, over to a friend's house. We bought a bunch of four locos. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. We each drank. You were trying to die. You weren't trying to get drunk. Well, we were all exhausted. And we were like, we're going to get caffeine. And we're going to get fucking blackout drunk. We just uh, so graduated we, nursing school and we know the dangers of this, but we're yeah. going to do it anyway. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the like <laughs> illegal four locos. It was the No, I ones. know. But it's like <laughs> now you give me shit for dry scooping my pre-workout. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, we like got these four locos. We went over to my friend's house. We put on the Nightmare Before Christmas and then we were so exhausted that we each got like a couple sips into our four locos and all fell asleep on the couch there were like six of us just like passed out around this guy's apartment have you even watched it all the way through then yeah oh okay i've seen it just not that time (laughs) well this isn't a review about the nightmare before christmas but we'll watch it yeah eventually maybe around christmas time 
I don't know. So. That's the debate. Is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? The mm, debate for another episode, movie. probably. Yeah. It's a it's a Christmas movie for Halloween fans. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Anyways. I have a question to, for you. Yeah. Are you watching closely? Because <laughs> that's how the movie starts. <laughs> yeah. With a bunch of hats. And that's the voiceover so, of Cutter. Yeah. Well, first, do we have like a synopsis? Can we kind of like, before we dive all the way into it? Yeah. So I think you, did you copy it from? Yeah. I just grabbed the one off of Wikipedia because, or not Wikipedia, uh, IMDb, because it kind of seemed to be like the most concise. After a tragic accident, two stage magicians engage in a battle to create the ultimate illusion while sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And that's what this movie is. Yeah. One gigantic unraveling ball of disaster. Yeah. And before we get like into it, major, major spoiler alerts. Like, yeah, there are a lot of twists in this. There's a lot of twists. The twists kind of like make the movie for me. Uh, Like, it's fantastic even when you know the twist. I would almost argue it's better on a second watch. But if you have not seen this movie, Excuse me. And if you have any interest at all in seeing this movie, I would highly recommend watching this before finishing this podcast. I think you can watch it for free on Tubi right now without even having an account. There are commercials, though. So if you hate commercials. Yeah. Unless you have an ad blocker. Because I think mine would just like skip for a second and then go back to it. I never watched a commercial. (laughs) I watched. Well, I took a nap during the commercials. but (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Um, I would highly recommend watching this movie before listening to this because we are going to definitely spoil some things in this. Yes. Before we even get into it, this movie jumps around a lot. Yes. So it's like... It's a frame narrative. So it mm-hmm. starts out at the end of the story and then kind of talks to you about how... We got here. You, yeah. How like how do we get to this point? Mm-hmm. So it starts out with Cutter voicing over and he says, are you watching closely? And he's kind of explaining the basics of a magic, a magic tr- trick. Yep. So a magic trick consists of three parts. The pledge. The pledge. Where you, which is where the magician shows you something completely ordinary that's yeah. not magical. The turn where he makes, he does something amazing with it. or Right. Makes it disappear mm-hmm. or does something else. And then... The, the prestige where yeah. he brings it back or the magic trick is revealed essentially. Right. Which funnily enough, and I don't know if you knew this, I'm sure you did, but this movie is. Yes. This It's structured. Yep. This movie starts off with the pledge, the yeah. turn, and then the prestige. Yeah. So this entire movie is one giant magic trick on yeah. the audience. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's I amazing. love it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it starts with um, the voiceover where they explain all of that stuff. And then it cuts to uh, Borden, Christian Bale's character, is on trial for murder, for murdering Hugh Jackman's character. Angier, because you Angier, see yeah. him, like, as Cutter's voiceover is happening, you see him, like, sneaking under the stage. Right, he's going behind stage to try to figure out, like, what's going on. And he sees Angier, like, drowning in the yeah. tank. And clearly he didn't. he looks confused. He's like touching the tank trying to yeah and trying figure to, like, out how get to get him out yeah he's on trial for murder and hugh jackman drowns and dies yes and cutter is like on the stand basically testifying and something comes up about the trick that angier was performing that night which was the transported man right and 
he won't give up the trick because he's like that trick is worthless if I give it up and right. blah blah blah. And he's being very like protective well, I mean, of ba- it. Yeah, basically, Cutter is the one who created and like developed the tricks, and he said that that the the transported man is like one of the most sought after tricks in the industry and if he reveals a secret then um, the trick is worthless it's, it's worthless yeah exactly that's he like how he says it, it. Yeah. Well, like in my brain. he says it in michael kane voice <laughs> right it's like in, ingrained in my brain yeah yeah i always think of him as alfred still so anyways <laughs> it jumps this is where it starts like jumping back and forth in time and like it jumps between uh borden christian bale's character and angier hugh jackman's character uh, reading each other's journals and they're trying to like figure out what's going on so there's a lot of jumps in like perspective and time and everything but essentially we go back to f- try to find out like how this all happened like where yeah. it all started like how did we get here why is Borden on trial for Angier's murder right and so you find out that they were both up-and-coming magicians right um, and they were part of a trick with Angier's wife, Julia, where she would, uh, Borden's character would tie her up. Yeah, she was like a magician's assistant, but mm-hmm. then she would also do like a water tank escape where she would get like tied up and then dropped in a water tank and she'd have to escape. Borden's character would tie her up and then like at her wrists and then Angier's character would tie her up at her legs. And then within seconds, she would like escape from the tank, you yeah. know, a big curtain would fall over it so that and then when it would come up she would be out of the tank and they're describing like that night they're talking about all these other magicians like they're having like a whole debate while they're like after the show and cutter mentions to borden like you can't tie a simple knot like that because if it's too loose she'll fall and break her leg Mm -hmm. but then you can't do the langford double knot because it swells it's not a water knot knot, and it'll swell and she she'll drown right and this is also i i guess we can kind of talk about it a little bit later but this is where we learn borden's philosophy on like magic and stuff this is where we learn that he wants to like create new stuff and like develop a trick that other magicians are going to scratch their heads over and that's that's what he is in it for yeah i mean like when you look at borden and Angier. Angier is affluent. He comes from money. Mm-hmm. He is kind of like the spoiled rich kid. And Borden's like the kid that comes from nothing who has like all the talent. And so it's like Angier right. has all the resources at his disposal. Mm-hmm. And Borden has like all the talent. And so it's like. Well, but then we also learn that Angier has like Angier's the better showman. Exactly. Like he has a stage presence right. that Borden doesn't have. But Borden has the the talent, the tricks. And all that stuff. Yeah. And the originality, I would say. Yeah. Cutter mentions to them to go watch that magician. Right. And Chung Ling Su. Yep. And figure out what the trick is. Yeah. Which this is kind of a fun fact, but this was like a very common thing that magicians did in this time was like, it wasn't typically like, hey, if you can figure out how he does it, then you'll get a reward. But magicians would put out like an ad in the paper and they're like, Anyone who can successfully replicate my tricks will get like a thousand dollars or something like that. Like that was a pretty common thing at that time. And it turns out that's kind of what this whole movie ends up being about is them trying to one up each other with this one trick. I know. This but, is actually the one film where I hated Hugh Jackman. 
Like, really? His character. Like, I was just like, you're such a dick. Like, this is oh. all your fault, you know? But then, like, no, at the I end. I didn't think so. Yeah. And when you get Look. to the end, you realize that they both were, yeah. like, okay. there's no good guy or bad guy, actually, in this. Yes. So, eventually, they. They go watch him. Right. And right. then he's, like, Borden's, like, being an old man is his trick. Right. Perpen- because, like, pretending that he's weak and old he, and like, everything. He, like, limps over to the table and, like, he produces this, like, big fishbowl full of water full of water and a fish (laughs) and Borden's like this is the act he lives his magic which is important for later right because these two magicians basically like live their magic right um there's so much foreshadowing in this uh movie and you have to watch it i think a couple of times pick up on it because the first time you can miss a lot of that foreshadowing and then once you once you kind of know how it ends and everything, watching it through, you're like, oh my God, it's so obvious. It is really obvious. Like, there is Just so like when much a magician shows you his tricks yeah. afterwards and you're kind of like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. But like during when you have no idea. Right. It's if There's a line in the, that movie where... Uh, Sarah he, says that. She yeah, goes, it's oh, it's like, actually oh, pretty obvious now that you... Once you've shown me, yeah, it's yeah. pretty obvious. So anyway, so they're performing this trick again with Julia. Mm-hmm. And you see her kind of like nod at Borden like, Oh, the, yeah, the, the escape trick. Again. Yeah, and the, you see her, like, nod at him. Like, she's she can slip Because the she had made a comment when he was talking about the different knots. She was like, I can slip a length for double. Right, well, practice. And they're, and they're like, it's not, it's not worth it. Like, right. Let's not do it. And he does whatever he does. Cutter's watching, and he kind of, like, shakes his head. And she can't slip it. Right. She fails to escape. She drowns. This was also another scene where I was like, Michael Caine... Give the axe to like one of the two strong young men nearby. Not just Let that, them but break do you it have open. the world's smallest axe to yeah. break this? But also, tank? like Michael Caine's like sixty or seventy years old, and Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are both like young, strong men. Like, give them the axe. Let them do it. Also, couldn't <laughs> they have had like another? Couldn't they have left a little bit of room at the top of the tank so she could just like stick her head up? I think it would breathe. be like impossible for there to not be at least a little. Like you see exactly. how much water splashes over when they when she falls into like it. Like she could have so. just like anyways. She just yeah. It, we're getting into yeah. semantics here. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. as as I'm always told by people when I overanalyze films, well then we wouldn't have a movie, would we? Right, and exactly. It's true. Like this is the conflict that to... starts everything. You have to like suspend your disbelief a little bit at certain parts. But <laughs> so anyways, Julia dies. Hugh Jackman's wife dies. A couple days later at the funeral, uh, Borden, shows, Borden up. shows up and Angier asks him, which knot did you tie? And he says, I ask myself that every day and I don't know. You don't know? And he's like, you don't know. How could you not know? And he like walks away. So How this is kind of know? where this is where the rivalry starts. They kind of. They don't work together anymore. They're off trying to create their own things. Borden meets Borden Sarah. Borden meets Sarah, yeah. At, well, he's, per, he's, per, he's like the stage hand or whatever for another magician who's doing a bird trick, which is similar to the one that we saw at the beginning of the movie with Michael Caine, where he like makes a bird disappear and then the bird comes back. And Sarah is there with her nephew who starts crying and he's like, he killed the bird, he killed the bird. And... <laughs> Uh, Christian Bale comes over and he's like, "Oh no, look, he's fine. He's right here." And where's his boys, brother? Where's his brother? What and, about his brother? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then and, he's like, "Oh, your son's really smart." Yeah, he's very and she's smart. Like he's my nephew. Yeah, and then um, right after that, Borden does a magic trick for 
Sarah's nephew again, like outside on the street. And he's like, never tell them your secret. Once you tell them your secret, you're worth nothing to them. Like it's all about keeping the secret and like not telling anybody how to do your tricks because that's what, that's what your worth is basically in this world. So he falls in love with Sarah and they're like flirting and all that kind of stuff. They fall in love and they get married. And then he talks about how, you know, one day they're sitting there and they're talking about the bullet catch trick. He's telling her about the bullet catch trick and he tells her to shoot him and she's like, I'm not going to shoot you. So she shoots out. Well, yeah. And they had foreshadowed this too during the conversation at the beginning where they were talking about the knots and stuff. Borden mentions the bullet. Like no one would ever attempt a bullet catch or something. Yeah. You know, and uh, Cutter's like a bullet catch is suicide. Someone... All it takes is somebody putting a button or a penny or something in there. And it's over, you know, so. um, So, yeah, he's trying to, he's going to do that in his act. And and he he, shows Sarah and because she won't let it happen. He's like, see, you know, you don't actually put a bullet in it. You know, I'm holding it in my hand. You use the ramrod and it like has like a little thing in it that pulls the bullet back out. So. So he's performing it one night. Well, he's actually performing like a silly trick at first and the crowd's like yeah, restless and he's like, like is this what you came for and he like points the gun at them yeah very dramatically yeah and so then he his assistant he's working with an assistant named fallon now mm-hmm. and so fallon picks somebody from the crowd to come point the gun at him and you know you don't see the person but then all of a sudden you see the well, wedding you band see, you well you did see hugh jackman earlier doing that little like sleight of hand with the bullet and then yeah so the man that he picked out of the crowd was Hugh Jackman in like a wig and fake facial hair and stuff. And, and so he obviously puts a real bullet in there and he points it at Borden and Borden's like puts his hands up and he's like, which knot did you tie? Says, and I don't know. I don't know. And then Fallon kind of like tries to jump in front of Borden yeah. and it causes it knocks his, his he like hits the gun down. He shoots off. He his, shoots off a couple of his fingers. Uh, yeah. And what's so sad in this scene is the crowd just laughs like they're not even scared at the fact that a gun was just shot off they're like laughing at the fact that this he's like screaming and stuff yeah and he's like bleeding from his hands i mean that's just like a a room full of drunk rowdy guys (laughs) but like i don't know if a gun went off i'd be like peace (laughs) yeah but have you ever been at like a party or something where somebody like does something stupid and they could be hurt, but like David, I was not laughing. invited to parties. Well, Let's be real. Okay, I only know from like watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't didn't go to these parties either, but like I can imagine a bunch, uh, like a room full of drunk guys. Somebody does something stupid, and they could be hurt. But everyone's just going to be laughing. But you're not afraid of the guy who shot him. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, another tangent <laughs> for another day. <laughs> um. So, yeah, he shot off a couple of his fingers. And, like, Um, it shows, like, Sarah trying to, like, clean it up. And uh she's, like, he's, like, that bloody hurts. And she's, like, "How? I don't understand how it could be bleeding again. That's important. Yeah. It's more foreshadowing. More foreshadowing. But But, I I don't know. It's just, like, it's a a hint. I wouldn't say it's it's definitely, like, a hint. And the big thing that I think we should mention also is, like, his dynamic with Sarah is, like, he'll tell her he loves her. And some days she's, like, it's true today. Right. She's, like, not today. Maybe maybe today you're more in love with magic or right something. She but, mentions that when he shows her the bullet catch, but yeah, it's important because he like is kind of mean to her in that scene. Like he's like that bloody hurts. Like yeah, and she's like trying to clean it up for him. But and then well, and she she mentions like this the, the, these lines, these two lines that she has are just like so heartbreaking to me. But she's like it 
she's like, it's okay. Uh, it makes the days where you do love me uh, matter more. Yeah. And then you, in that scene where she's cleaning up his fingers, he flips out and like hits something and then you hear a baby crying. So you know that they've had a baby at this point. Well, that was like, no, that wasn't the bullet catch scene where he said she told uh, him that they were pregnant. I think so. Because she was like, that's the reason she didn't want him to do the bullet catch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. She she didn't want him to put himself in harm's way. Right. And then, of course, she ended up being right because his fingers got shot off. Yeah. So hence starts them sabotaging each other's tricks. Yeah. And now that that Borden has like fewer fingers and stuff, he has to like step it up and produce this trick that he's been telling everybody that he's been keeping secret from everyone that's going to like that everyone's going to remember him for. And it turns out it is the transported man where he will like bounce a ball and step into a doorway. And on the other side of the room, he steps out again and catches the ball. And this is what this is what really like starts everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, and just before he reveals the transported man, he kind of sabotages Angier. Angier had booked a theater. Oh yeah. Um with Cutter. It's so Cutter is very much team Angier at this point. Yeah. And they have booked like a theater and he goes up and he sabotages it in what I think is a really compelling scene because random aside you need better security guys. Why are you right. picking out the one guy <laughs> in the whole hates you? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, he he like both times <laughs> like what are the odds again? nitpicking a little bit but yeah suspension of disbelief but if i knew a guy hated me i'd be looking out for him right like but anyways he breaks a okay sabotages that magic trick and breaks that guest's fingers yeah and so then robert is like canceled canceled. yeah like but okay so what does he say he says i'm hiring i don't remember about like i didn't think oh comedian he says i'm hiring a comedian and you know how much i hate comedians yeah i didn't think that that scene carried a lot of weight but you mentioned that this was the movie where you were like hugh jackman's an asshole and like you don't like him okay so christian bale's character killed his wife essentially but it was an and then accident. he shot his fingers off i'm like all right we're even why did christian bale come back in this scene to like ruin the magic trick like what vendetta does he have against him at this point because robert angier should have i mean he shot off his fingers yeah he didn't christian, kill his wife christian on purpose. bale gambled with his wife's life when they told him not to they didn't even practice it well she nodded at him too she's an okay. adult okay okay you, you're telling me you're telling she me you wouldn't no hero. you wouldn't hate I would hate them, but I don't think I'd go out of my way for revenge to that extent. He was just a hurt man looking for some answers. I and just think that Christian Bale time, couldn't leave it alone. I'm just saying, over time, Angier becomes more of a monster. Yes, definitely. While Borden is just far, becomes more of like the like they far more obsessed. Rules. Right, he's far more obsessed. With I mean, like, so much I so to the point where like he follows a stupid cipher <laughs> to nothing. Yeah. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So anyways, Borden reveals this transported man trick, which Angier's like beside himself. Cutter like is like, it's a double. It's a double. He like can see it already. He's right. like, it's a double. Angier's like, it's too simple to be a double. And Scarlett Johansson, who had been hired to be Angier's assistant, mm-hmm. she notices like, no, he wears a padded glove to hide his like fingers that were shot off. 
but it's the same man that steps out. So the man who steps into the door is the same man who steps out of the door on the other side of the room because of the fingers. So Angier's obsessed with this because now he wants to replicate this trick. Right. We need to do it better. So they hire um, Gerald Root, which looks like Hugh Jackman. Okay, can I be honest for a second? The first time I saw this movie, it was like just enough not like Hugh Jackman that I definitely wondered like, is that really him? Like it's, it's definitely him, it's definitely right? him with yeah. like he's got like prosthetic teeth and he does this like weird thing with his mouth when he's talking and stuff. But I remember the first time I watched it being like I thought you were about to tell me that it wasn't him and I was like, What did I just watch? Like, <laughs> wait, no, who is no, it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely him, but I definitely remember thinking like, mm, maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. It doesn't look exactly like that. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like, I think it was also too. like, this was like early 2000s. So it was kind of like the Lindsay Lohan parent trap thing where I was like, there could be two of them. Uh, CGI is real enough that like, there could I be two. I was like, <laughs> probably like 25 when I figured it out. <laughs> you I'm found out kidding. Lindsay Lohan didn't have a twin. <laughs> You're like, what's the other one been I doing? I just felt really betrayed. Time? I felt really betrayed by that yeah. movie. Let's not talk about it. So yeah, so Rue is like a drunkard and Angie He's a retired actor that Scarlett Johansson's character knew. Angier soon realizes that he hates taking because what happens is he has a stage presence that Root doesn't right, have. Right. He has to present the trick and like introduce it and everything. And, and Root's then, too much of a drunkard. So like all they want Root to do is like to reveal himself and right. then kind of wave at he the comes at the end, crowd. takes like comes in at the end, takes a bow and the curtain drops, and that's all he has to do. But that means Angier has to take his applause down below stage, which right. he hates. Right. And nobody cares about the man in the box. He sends Olivia to spy on Borden because yeah, he's which like, they were like lovers, I guess, and kind of like him and Olivia have a thing. Yeah, and she it, was definitely in love with him. Yeah, and Scarlett Johansson which, like, had like her? a bad reputation though, like for being the other woman in a few yeah. films. Yeah, she did, but I mean, like she's Scarlett Johansson now, so she's Black Widow. She's better now. Yeah, she's better now. And we also, like her. like, but I don't think I liked her in this film because I was like, Mm-mm-mm, girl. <laughs> yeah. Until you figure it out at the end. Yeah. At first, you're just kind of like, what a hoe. Yeah. But um, she had a line in this movie I really did, really did not like. <laughs> what line? The line where she's, once she goes and she like becomes Christian Bale's like assistant, they obviously start having a, a thing. And Scarlett oh, Johansson has that line said, where yeah. she's like, leave your, um, leave your family at home where they belong. When you're with me, be with me. And I'm like, girl. We talked about this. <laughs> You a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> she really played a few unlikable characters. Yeah. So Olivia sent a spy on him, but instead she falls in love with him. Right. And so she kind of helps Borden actually sab Borden can already see what it is. He sees that it's a double. Right. And he even like mocks her. He's right. like, He's how like, does he like taking his applause under the stage? She's like, it's killing him. And so she essentially helps Borden devise this plan to like sabotage the trick by giving right. root like planting a seed in root's brain that like he has all the control right and then goes one step further and they remove like the mattress that he falls down on yeah and um, he like breaks, breaks his, his leg knee or something he does something he jacks him up because he's like limping yeah after he, that like, he he permanent uses a, limp. yeah he uses a cane for the rest of the movie things transpire and olivia and angier get in a fight and she basically hands him borden's journal which was set up by borden right and she said she pretends she stole it. Right. But she did not. Yeah. And then uh, Angier learns that he needs a 
a key to decipher the journal. So he goes crazy. He, he yeah, he goes off the rails. And I was really surprised that Michael Caine's character like played along with it. Well, because Cutter's still on Angier's side in all yeah. this. Like he thinks that Angier was wronged when his wife was killed. Yeah. Which he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was, but I just don't believe that two wrongs make a right here. Well, yeah, that's true. But anyway, I'm like, you know what? I can ex- I can excuse the shooting off his fingers. I think he was trying to kill him, but like, look, he lost some fingers. <laughs> We're even. We're good. Anyways. Anyways. Or maybe so they... just have like a real talk with him. I don't okay. know. Talk about your We're feelings. Gonna... We're going to talk about this the whole time, I think. <laughs> We're not going to see eye to eye on this. No. So anyways, uh, Angier kidnaps Fallon, Borden's assistant uh, yeah no he's the one who he's like his manager basically like he he helps him create the tricks and everything and so he kidnaps him and holds him hostage to get the key to the journal which he learns is tesla (laughs) so not like the car no well that's where the name of the car came from right but the cars weren't out then right this is his secret and so hugh jackman goes to america he goes to colorado Colorado springs Springs. i think we're uh i think we should shift the podcast to only talk about movies that happen in colorado (laughs) (laughs) we have been doing that a lot haven't we (laughs) yeah um no colorado yeah so he goes to colorado springs and meets with nikola tesla which fun fact i mean colorado springs was the first place that had electricity so that's why yeah i think it's set there and I think that's where I, Tesla... Yeah, I meant to look up and see if, like, Tesla actually did work there. I think um, he did. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a huge hub for stuff. Everything. <laughs> Everything, yeah. And I think that they kind of nod to it a little bit, but the rivalry between Tesla and... Edison. Edison mm-hmm. um, in this is only, like, nodded at, but it's kind of interesting. It it parallels a little bit the story of, like, Borden and Angier. yeah. And it's interesting because David Bowie looks way different in this, you know, from his yeah. labyrinth I mean, days. Yeah, but honestly, like, kind of a scene stealer. Like, he's really good in this movie, actually. I was really surprised. I know that he dabbled in acting and stuff, but I never really thought he of him as... He dabble like, in acting. I mean, he was in he Labyrinth. Have... Come on. Okay, but what uh, what else dab- was he in? I'm just saying that's not dabbling. That's going hard. But that was also a musical. Like, he performed a, a I guess you're right. That, this is so. where he was, like, played a very serious character. This, yeah, this was, was where it had, like, nothing to do with acting. It had nothing to do with, like, his um, persona. You mean singing? And, like, what did I say? You said it has nothing to do with acting. It has nothing to do with acting. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie <laughs> no. just played himself. <laughs> yeah. But this was, like, it had nothing to do with music like or singing and it didn't have anything to do with like him being david bowie like he was literally just an actor in this movie yeah and i meant to look up to see if he had like how much acting he had done and stuff but i don't know of a lot that he did but anyways he was really good in this movie i was really surprised i mean and he kind of tells andrew to right go away you don't want this yeah he i like that quote um this movie has so many like good lines where he's like you always hear that man's grasp exceeds his imagination is the line that Angier ends up using in his show but what Dave what Tesla says is uh man's grasp exceeds his nerve oh and so it's like it's gonna take like some nerve to do these things he also mentions that like the world's only ready for one what am I trying to say only like one innovation at a time or something because the first time he got the first time he innovated and changed the world he was called 
yeah, a revolutionary, a, but society the second, only tolerates one change, at one a change time. at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, the first time I changed the world, I was called a revolutionary. And the second time I was told to retire. So that's what I'm doing. Retiring. So <laughs> you're like checked out. <laughs> no, I'm not checked out. I was reading the quotes because oh, okay. I was like, what you were right. You remembered that perfectly checked out we're not even i'm like it. i'm like i'm struggling here i'm gonna need some more input <laughs> from you no i was just like i can't carry conferring. this on my own i was the fact checker i'm not a, i'm not a one your man facts show. Were correct <laughs> oh thanks but he eventually convinces tesla to make him a machine yeah and then i was telling david we took a brief break i was telling him that my notes seriously say he goes to colorado to meet tesla he makes him a machine, LOL. It's a duplicating <laughs> machine, not a transporting machine. Which, like, I'm like, why did I put LOL? It's not like I was talking to somebody. I don't know. So, yeah, he builds him a machine. Mm-hmm. It's a duplicating um, machine because they use the hats. Right. To, they like, find out that. Test it because right, it's like the electricity. Hats and the, the hats and the cats. <laughs> yes, the hats and the cats. Like a Dr. Seuss right. book. Right. So, for a long time, they're like, eh, it just shoots a bunch of electricity at it and it doesn't do anything. And then they find all these hats and a bunch of cats in the woods and they're like, oh, it's the same hat. Which is a nod to the beginning scene when you see all the hats right, out the title, the, the title scene is actually all the hats in the woods. Are you watching today? Yeah. So Angier uses this machine to come back for a limited engagement, 100 shows, and he dubs it the real transported man oh he's so annoying <laughs> before he launches it does this ha- does sarah kill herself before or after i think it's like in the middle of yeah. his like stuff because borden is just like completely obsessed with finding out like how he did it and because he can't the deal trick with... is actually like he gets transported across the room so not versus like across like... the room like he gets transported to like the second floor balcony right in like a second so it's like versus nothing. like a mere few feet away right like going through a door and right. so like yeah so borden's like beside himself and then like you see sarah and him are like fighting and she's like i know what you really are and borden is like completely obsessed with figuring out how he did it like he is losing his mind over it he's like why can't you figure out a hundred shows is does his craft dictate it or is it a publicity stunt like what is it like how does he do it yeah and he's uh, he obviously isn't paying attention to the fact that his family life is crumbling. Right. Sarah's like an alcoholic, an alcoholic at this point. She's super depressed and she kind of just yells at him in like the final fight. And she says, I know what you really are. Right. And and she she knows, she knows about the affair with Scarlett Johansson, Olivia. She's yeah. She's like, I can't stand all the secrets and the lies and just and be she just honest keeps with me. saying like, I know what you really are. And he's like <clears throat> yeah. screaming at her and tells her to shut up. And then like in the next scene, you see her go towards like the birdhouse. Yeah. It's like his like workhouse yeah. or workshop where he like does all like makes all the stuff for his tricks. And she kills herself. Yeah. She hangs herself, which is like super sad. It's like we don't see much of a reaction from no, Gordon. Though. We really like, don't we see, see her hanging and then we're just like straight back to the rivalry. Right, straight back to and it. then there is the scene. Olivia leaves. Yeah, there's because a Olivia scene where he like, mentions that like he didn't really like Borden mentions to Olivia. He's like, I didn't really love her, and she's like, you could be saying that to any other girl in any other restaurant, and it's like so inhumane that you could say that about her when she just. But died. like, really, bish, right. really, like you. Right. Were... Now you have a conscience. Yeah, like now you feel bad because <laughs> leave them at leave them at home. She's like dead at home. Okay, but she's not here. <laughs> 
Anyways. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you feel like a bleeding heart. Right. Get over yourself. Right. Like, now you care about you her. can't sit with us. We don't like you. Yeah. She was kind of kind of the worst in this movie. That's Whether what I'm you, saying. You may hate Hugh Jackman, but we got to agree. She's <laughs> the worst. She's like the worst character in the whole thing. Yeah. I feel so bad for Sarah, though. I do. And Ugh. I think once you find out the ending of the twist, you're kind of like, did she know that? Yeah. That Is that line, what that, she was hinting yeah, at when she said, she's I know like, what I know. you really are? Yeah. Was it the fact that she couldn't stand that piece? And so we'll yeah. obviously revisit because it's a toss-up. Yeah. I think they leave it up to imagination. Yeah. Which, just fair to mention, while all this is happening, we catch glimpses of Borden in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he does get visited by, like, a agent of Lord Caldlow's estate. Mm-hmm. Who's, like, a, a fan of the craft and mm-hmm. wants to buy all of the stuff. And he really wants to buy all of Borden's secrets. Yep. And they kind of, like, so the agent kind of threatens Borden with his daughter, essentially. Right. Is, like, think of your daughter. Like, basically, this Lord called called. Caldlow. Caldlow. I had no could... idea how to spell it because I was like, is it C A U or like I just put C A L D L O W. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he can set her up with like a really, really great life essentially if you give over these secrets. If right. not, she'll be sent to like a home. Like a yeah, workhouse or like, something yeah. like that. Basically to like live yeah. out her days. And right. so he's talking to Fallon about kind of all of this in the middle of all of these like flashback scenes are happening. Right. Real time, we're seeing that Borden's like time is ticking. Like, right, he he's been found guilty because Cutter showed the judge the machine that they used and like the lock that was switched on the water tank and like this tank had like significance to both of these men, but it's supposed to be able to escape, but this isn't a trick lock. And so he basically showed the judge like this was not an accident. And then they're like, "How many pounds is this?" And he's like, "Well, it's really heavy." And it's like, "Well, how did he move it by himself?" And he's like, "He's a magician." You ask him. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of a funny scene. But yeah. yeah, so his time is ticking. We know that he's probably going to be killed for this crime. You kind of see how he ended up there. He was being nosy and he just like couldn't let it go. And so he goes under stage to see like what's happening with this trick. So he's right. just wrong place, wrong time. Because he mentions when when he's like freaking out and trying to figure out how he did the trick, he's like, what's going on under that stage? Because mm-hmm. he's like, he gets transported all the way across this to the second floor and all we know is that he uses a trap door. Yeah, so he goes under the stage to see what happens when he goes through the tap, trap door and he sees Hugh Jackman dropped into the dropped into the tank. tank so we drown. know he didn't do it. Yeah. You know at that point that he didn't do it. Um but we don't know what happened. Right, we just know that Cutter finds him like right. that. What did you and he yells, "What did you do?" Right. So this is when we learn that Lord Caldlow who comes to pick up the tricks is Robert Angier. Yeah. Is Hugh Jackman's character. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're Lord Caldlow. And he says, I always have been, which made me think like, since he came from money, maybe that was like his his title or like his real last name or something. Because uh, his wife at the very beginning, Julia mentions when he's like, I can't imagine living my whole life as somebody that I'm not. And and she said, well, you kind of are. Right. So So I wonder, I wonder if that's like the family that he came from but he was pretending to be this like middle-class magician. Mm-hmm. Borden's like, they're going to hang me. Right. Like, you have the power to, to, like, stop, to this. stop this. And, and he's then he's like, like, nope. Yep. He's like walking away with his, with Borden's daughter and Borden's freaking out. He's like, that's the man I was, I'm 
gonna die for killing and, and he's the guards alive like, i'm sure yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like nobody's believing him well then cutter goes to ask lord caldwell <clears throat> about if the he machine can destroy the machine yeah. and he sees it's angier and he's like this is where he gets turns. pissed yeah. like he's like they're hanging a man for your mur- for your murder like yeah. and you've been alive this whole time he's like you know this girl is gonna lose her father angier's like i don't care and so he's like just give me permission to destroy the machine and he's like destroy it well yeah because he was gonna destroy it too yeah like he was done with it yeah so this is we see that uh borden is hanged yeah he's executed are you watching closely (laughs) and then they ask him what his last words are and he just says abracadabra yep (laughs) right before he gets hanged so this is where you like this is where you find out all the shit right so angier's hanging out um (laughs) Where all the tanks are. He's not hanging out like Borden's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that was cheesy. That was we'll a poor, poor choice of words. <laughs> David's got dad jokes down before he's a dad. So, yeah, Angier's hanging out where all the tanks are. Right. He and uh, Cutter go to dispose of the last tank for the night. And... Angier's, a mysterious figure. Yeah, Angier's shot. And there's a couple things I want to touch on, like, once we've wrapped everything up but yeah angier is shot and we find out it's christian bale it's borden well a ball gets thrown so right the ball, the, gets the ball thrown, that was like very significant and then he gets shot and then when when the hand reaches down to grab the ball it's missing fingers and you're like yeah. what the hell and it's borden yeah it's borden and this angier what, comes to realization that there were two of them it was a like, double it was yeah, they're twins they're twins and they just they kept it secret their whole lives. And which so there's some Angier's logistical like, things here that I'm like, that would have been very difficult. Right. When did you decide you were gonna be a magician and start right. keeping your twin a secret? So and here starts to mention like I think this scene's really important because Andrew's like Cutter knew that it was a double and I told him it was too simple. And he's See, like this is simple maybe or it was too easy. Yeah, he said he was like it was um too easy. It was too I too simple, too easy, or something like that. And, he and said, Borden's sim- like, he simple, said, simple, maybe, yes, but he, not easy. And so right. then it flashes back to like the fact that they were both living one life. Yeah, they and were how sharing a life. The thing, you know, when he got his fingers shot off, then they had to cut the other twin's fingers off, which is why they were bleeding again. Right. You know, and this why, is why, like, one of them was in love with Sarah, Sarah, and the other one was in love with Olivia, and that's why some days she knew he meant it, and other days he didn't mean it because it was depending on which twin. And she the was twin that's to. alive was in love with Sarah, right? So he's actually the true father of their daughter. Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to so. assume that just yeah. because the other I guy didn't hope love so, her, because that's not the half a life that they should be sharing. <laughs> But anyways, so this is when he's talking about how it was simple but not easy, and they were both living half a life, and it was enough for them but not for the other people in their lives. And this is why Sarah killed herself was because she couldn't handle it, the not knowing or maybe knowing. I don't know. It's a little vague. I know. It's vague. I think she knew, and I think she just didn't want to live that life. Like She's like, I didn't sign up for this. Do you think Cutter knew? I don't think Cutter knew. Because he walked right past Borden right before Angier gets shot. I think he knew towards the end. Like, I think in that moment he knew. Because then he's also not surprised when Borden shows up to pick up his daughter. I think he knew. So I think think once Borden was hanged. You don't think Cutter knew when he said it was a double at the beginning? And that he was just keeping it a secret for him? No, because I don't think Cutter would have sided with Angier on the thing. Because that's why he was tortured. 
two. You're right. You're right. You're right. One of the twins thought he tied another knot while the other one was yeah, like, and no, he you mentioned, tied this knot. I, I have like a whole section of like foreshadowing from the movie. And there's a line when they're talking about the knots and stuff because Borden had like slipped the knot or whatever, had like messed it up or something earlier in the show. And he's like, some days you just don't get it. Yeah. So it's like some days one twin gets it, the other twin doesn't get it. And so that's why he doesn't know which knot he tied because it might have been the twin that didn't know that or he was just like completely committed to the the lie. Yeah, and then like where he says I've been arguing with <clears throat> the parts of me right. on one part of me swears I tied a simple slip knot and the other swears that it was the Langford double. Yeah. And so it's like he was actually arguing with his twin about it. Right. You know, it wasn't right. like but then we also see Angier's side of it because Angier's like, you don't think that I sacrificed things. And so then you actually see that the machine was creating a double of him and he never knew if he was going to be the man in the tank. Or, or the man in the prestige. Yep. Yeah. And so he was actually killing his doubles. And so that's... He said that he didn't have... Borden says that Angier didn't have the courage to do what he did. And that's where Angier says the line. I actually wrote it down because I liked it. He said... It took courage to climb into that machine every night, not knowing if I'd be the man in the box or the one in the prestige. Yeah. And so so you find that out. He was basically killing. Like, it he, does yeah. a flashback where he sees his double, and then he grabs a gun and, like, shoots his double right. and kills it. When he learns what the machine's going to do. Yeah. So you kind of, both men come to this agreement as Angier's dying, which that's the longest death ever. Yeah. I mean, he told a whole story. Yeah. But he dies, and then... As Borden's walking out of the area, you see the tanks. The tanks with all the dead. Yeah, there's like Angiers sixty them. of them or mm -hmm. something. So you see like what he's been doing, yeah. and um, Borden goes and picks up his daughter Jess. There was also another line in that movie that I, or a line in that scene that I really liked, where we learn why Angier did it, because we had learned earlier that the reason that Borden was in it was to confuse and like make other magicians scratch their heads but then Angier has a quote where he says you never understood why we did it did you the audience knows the truth the world is simple miserable solid all the way through but if you can fool them even for a second then you get to make them wonder then you get to see something very special you really didn't know it was the look on their faces yeah so he did it for the glory right I think the movie ends with you not really. There wasn't a villain in it. There wasn't a bad right. guy or a good two, guy. It was, it was just two, two guys who yeah. were uh, driven that. by their obsession. I wrote. I, I have a note. And then it somewhere. ends with Cutter basically his voiceover again, mentioning like the right the he, the three act structure mm -hmm. of the magic trick. And then are you watching closely? Yeah. And then boom, it's where we done. see Borden go to pick up his daughter, the other Borden. Yes. Go to pick the up the living daughter. Borden. Yeah. It's a really, really good film. It's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, a very convoluted film. It, but yeah, it's like convoluted in that like it's very complex and it jumps back and forth a lot in like time and perspective and and everything. But I don't think it's hard to follow. Mm -mm. Like no. you know what's going. It's just on kind the of like time. the part where I'm kind of like we've I so I get that Tesla was like a dead end. You know, but like the machine piece, I think was the part where I was kind of like, I could have done without that. It was nice. Yeah, when it was I think just there was, like I think I read there was like a, there was a review or something, and it was like I like a sci-fi movie just as much as the next person, but I want to know going into it. If I was like a spectator and I saw someone climbing climb into a machine to be transported, 
it wouldn't be that um, amazing to me. I'd kind of just be like, cool, the machine did the work. You know but what I mean? You have to, this was in like 1899 or something that I this know, takes place. So. It just, it's one of those things where it's like he copped out. Like, I just I don't know. You're just like not a big fan of Hugh Jackman in this movie. I at love all. Hugh Jackman, though. I do. <laughs> not in I this love movie. him. Yeah. I didn't. So, you just like I mean, everything he does, to... you're like, that sucks. Boo. <laughs> I'm about to out myself here. So, growing up, <laughs> do you know the cartoon X Men? Mm-hmm. I had a crush on uh, Wolverine. Why did mm. I have a crush on a cartoon? You know, he had the raspy voice. Yeah. I was like, oh, I that's. I was going to make a joke about you liking like men but that was gonna be weird <laughs> but i was like oh that's my man you know i was like a kid and then when like the actual x-men came out with like hugh jackman playing wolverine i was like ew i don't like him <laughs> and then like well up until that point he was always just like a pretty boy like he was in like kate and leopold and which like i didn't that. watch but like seeing that x-men movie you know and then like because i wanted cyclops and gene to be together it was like i was so pissed at wolverine so i was like i hate hugh jackman and then this movie came out and i was like i hate hugh jackman and now like i'm so obsessed with him like i love him so much so yeah. it's really funny because i actually don't like this character that he played because i think this character is like selfish more so than borden's character in the sense that like he started the whole rivalry because he couldn't let it go and i get it his wife was killed but it's like Maybe I'm being too harsh, but it's like... I think there's some room to argue that Borden was selfish, too, by ruining everyone else's lives to keep his secret. Well, I think Borden was selfish, but I think not with the Angier thing. Like, I think that... Yeah, but he he couldn't let it go, either. Like, why did he come and fuck up that bird trick, and then he comes back and, like, breaks his his leg? Uh, What does... A magician with three fingers is, like, really hard to... Oh, boo hoo. <laughs> he lost his wife. So I would argue that but you also, don't like, like Borden. Well, yeah, because in my opinion, Borden just like couldn't let it go. Like Angier came, shot off his fingers. That was the only time he messed with him besides I'm sorry, trying but to when steal Angier his trick. got shot at the end and you find out it's Borden, you're kind of like, yeah, get him. That's I how I felt. I didn't feel that way, but I felt that way. But Borden just like kept coming back to mess up the bird trick, to steal the padding. What else did Angier do after that besides send Olivia over to to steal his tricks? And then he went all the way to Colorado Springs to buy some machine that like was... Yeah, what does that have to do with Borden? That didn't hurt Borden at all. I'm just saying it's like stupidity. Like you've gone way too far out of your way, man. Anyways, yeah, Wolverine was my first husband. Well, I mean... According to like Little Rita. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is a good actor. He's a good actor. He Like I was... I, I don't think I had seen him in a lot besides like him being like a heartthrob or like Wolverine. And so I was really surprised at his acting in this movie. Like he shows a lot of range. It was really, I mean, all the performances in this mm-hmm. movie are fantastic. I think well, that Rebecca Hall who played Sarah was like very, we have a lot of superheroes really in this good. film. You've got Christian Bale who played Batman. Oh yeah. You have Hugh Jackman who played Wolverine. You have Scarlett Johansson who plays Black Widow. I mean, Sir Michael Caine plays Alfred. Yeah. So. But I think also, like, Michael Caine and uh, Christian Bale are just kind of like Christopher Nolan's muses. Like, mm-hmm. they're in a lot of his movies, I think. There are a lot of directors who just repeat. Yeah. Christian Bale plays Bruce Wayne, and then, like, Sir Michael Caine is Alfred. Yeah. And then his name, is, Christian Bale's name in this is Alfred Borden. It took five years to write this script, and I'm like, you couldn't come up with a better name than Alfred. That's just the <laughs> name that you're going to stick with. 
Um, <laughs> I'm so judgmental. Like, I could ever write a film script. Come right. on. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here like a <laughs> loser. I'm like, <laughs> five years. <laughs> God. And you couldn't what were you? What name. else were you doing? <laughs> like only directing the Batman trilogy. People are gonna listen to this and be like, "She's such a judgmental bitch." <laughs> so yeah, what are your like opinions on this movie? I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's really engaging. I think the storyline is awesome. I think the twist at the end is great. Um, I think it's just like a really beautifully crafted movie. Mm-hmm. I like like we mentioned before the the way that the movie is structured is the same like it's laid out in the beginning in michael kane's uh voiceover where he mentions the pledge which is angier and borden so you're presenting two rival magicians then there's the turn which is the murder the trial and the execution and then the prestige at the end which is that borden's a twin and angier was like using this machine to clone himself so it's like nothing is what it seems. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you don't expect it to end that. Like you don't expect it to be what it is. It, it looks no. like it's going to turn into one thing. And yeah. It's completely different and that's thing. so <clears throat> here's where we get into like my my section about all the foreshadowing. So it starts off with Borden's voiceover where he says we were two young men at the start of a great career. Two young men devoted to an illusion. Two young men who never intended to hurt anyone. It's implied at that point in the movie that he's talking about himself and Angier. But in the end, you find out it's him and his brother. Oh, that's... I missed that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's a really good... And then there's wow. the the hats and the cats in the title screen. It basically is telling you, like, up front, like, there's clones. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know it. You're just like, whoa, that's weird. I don't know what's going on that's there. That's a lot of hats. Yeah. Like, all those cats look exactly the same. Was it the same cat or one that just looked just like it? It's from The Matrix. <laughs> when <laughs> he has deja vu. Yeah. Or a bunch of cats. And then it shows all the birds in the cages mm-hmm. at the beginning. Poor There's birds. That, that quote about, like, some nights you just don't get it, do you? The boy sees the trick and asks about the um, the brother, the bird's brother. Well, yeah. I didn't, you're so yeah. smart. Um, Sarah being like, today you don't mean it. And like the duality of him and his like relationship, the thing where, where with his fingers where she's like, it's as bad as the day it happened. Yep. Where they like cut his fingers off. <laughs> That'd be worse than getting them shot off. Yeah. That twin had it worse. And then there's a, a line where Angier's reading his journal or he's writing in his own journal and Borden's reading it. And he mentions that like Borden talking about Borden, he's like, his mind was a divided one his soul's in conflict or something and his family's tortured by it and all that kind of stuff. And so there's because a lot Because Angier things. does follow him one day and he sees he has a family. Right, like he, right. He kind of... This is, this is kind of like where he... This is when he sends Olivia over when he sees that he has a family mm-hmm. because he's like, he got the happy ending after my wife died and he's like, he doesn't deserve to be happy. He's still very angry. And I'm pretty sure Julia was looking down on him like, you are a dum-dum. Probably. She's like, dude. Give me that name back. Let it go. You're not the great Danton. Yeah. It's a movie about sacrifice, though, in the end for their craft kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's a movie like that the themes are obsession. Yeah. And like the price that you pay for, for these things, the toll that that takes on the people around you. Which is why, like, I truly say, like, I truly do think that the film 
meant for you to end it with like there's no true wi- villain right, right. Like, no true bad guy or good Neither, guy they're they were both wrong mm-hmm. the whole time right and i know i say like hugh jackman's character pissed me off but that's yeah. just me yeah i think it truly like you end this film with like there's no definitive good guy or bad guy and they both give and up then, like of, the both... wishy-washy cutter he's just wishy-washy yeah and they both gave up like everything they both sacrificed everything that they have in the end they were both sacrificing everything that they had like the whole time yeah the performances i've mentioned it before are great again i think hugh jackman displayed range that i didn't know he had um before watching this obviously in recent years i've known that rebecca hall was great as sarah and i think the real standout though is christian bale like once you watch this movie a second time and you see that he's playing like two separate characters who are trying to act the same. Mm-hmm. Like his, his performance is really like subtle. Yeah. And like, once you watch it again, you're like, Oh shit, that was happening the whole time. It really tricks you. Yeah. And then again, when you watch it the second time, you're like, why is Fallon like this mute weird guy in the corner that like has no character oh, and, and he never talked. Borden. He's the only like important character in the whole movie who isn't played by like a big actor that we know. So like mm, I knew. When I in jail, known. when Borden's saying goodbye to him, yeah. you know, goodbye to Fallon, he's like, I'm sorry about Sarah. Yeah. I'm sorry about everything. Yeah. And like, then, you're he, kind and then of he like, like whispers. The only word that quote unquote Fallon says in the whole movie is when he's like goodbye or whatever. But right. he says it and you, you like hear it's Christian Bale's voice when you're listening back to it. But yeah, when he says like, you know, the first time watching it through for me, when he says, I'm sorry about Sarah, I was kind of like, did Fallon love Sarah? Well, he did. But that's yeah. Which makes you also wonder if, Fa- like, so the, the Borden who loved Sarah seemed like the softer Borden, mm-hmm. whereas the one who loved Olivia and who was like in jail seemed like the more aggressive one. So you're wondering, yeah. the two conflicts that Borden had with, the Borden twins had was like, was one of them actually not obsessed with the craft as much as the other. I think but so. But the other one felt like a tie because they're your twin. Like yeah. you feel like an obligation to this person that's like the other Yeah, half I mean, this is where we get into that like whole, like what if twin one of the intuition. twins didn't want to be a magician? Right. And he's like, yo, I want out. Like, right. can, I, can I go? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely like, it's a fantastic movie, but there's a, there's a lot of like, well, I don't know if that would yeah. have really worked out. Do you have any other things as far um, as analyzing? I mean, I it? think that I, I think that this movie really benefits from watching more than once, um, at least twice, in relatively quick succession. In my opinion, like I think you should watch it, give it like a day or two to to sink in, and then watch it again and look for all of those details. And I think that that's a lot of fun. It's that that's kind of the case with a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, I would say. Yeah. Maybe not like the Batman movies per se, because those were a lot more straightforward. But a lot of his other movies, where you're just like, there's a lot of stuff that you will miss the first time around, and then watching it a second time really adds to it. Yeah, I think so. It's also just worth mentioning that. Another magic film came out in the same year, which yeah. was The Illusionist with Ed Norton. Which came out like two months, like a month and a half before it came out in August of So a lot of people make comparisons to the two films, even though they're completely yeah. different. They're very different. But And we, people seem to, there, there seems to be like almost like a rivalry between the two movies. Like it, People feel like you have to either like one or the other. 
I mean, which I, I think they're so different. The Prestige over the Illusionist. Yeah. We can talk about it. You know. Yeah, I watched, the, watched Illusionist the Illusionist like a week ago or something because of because we were gonna be talking about this movie, and I was like, ah, I've watched the Prestige a bunch, but. I haven't seen the. I think I saw the Illusionist once, and I remember being like, "Meh, it's it okay." It just feels like when you talk to people, it's like they like one or the other. Like yeah. they re, they like both, but they really like one over the other. Yeah, but I would argue, besides them being about magicians, like stage they're magicians, not anything they're, alike. they don't even fall into the same genre. Right. Like the Illusionist is more of like a romantic, like mystery kind mm-hmm. of thing, and then like the the Prestige is more of like a suspense. You know, it's know full of revenge and right. things like that. And so, right. But it's just worth mentioning that there were two magic films that came out in the same year. Right. I mean, The Illusionist has Jessica Biel in it, which is definitely a point for it. She's your wife. Yeah, I yeah. love her. Um, but, I mean, Scarlett Johansson's in The Prestige. Yeah, but she wasn't really a notable character, in my opinion. Yeah, but she's still in it. <laughs> and I like looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Fun facts. Alfred Borden's infant was played by one of Christopher Nolan's children. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cute little girl. The infant, not the... Oh, not, I the, don't think not Jess. the little girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. This was what I was going to tell you because David ordered that drink. Oh, Spoons. yeah. And so the main character's initials spell Abra, Alfred Borden, Robert Angier. Oh. As an abracadabra. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a fun fact, too. Did you know that uh, Chung Ling Su, the Chinese magician that they went to go like scout out for that fishbowl trick um, in the movie, is based on a real magician whose name was Chung Ling Su, but his real name was William Ellsworth Robinson. Hmm. It was a white man who pretended to be an elderly Chinese man. There was like some like thing in the paper that this <laughs> this oh so that this was, thing was like he looking lived his magic yeah. So that was, like, based on a real thing where he, like, for decades would never speak English in public because he was so committed to this, like, illusion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he was living two separate lives. Yeah. So all of that stuff, I think that part of that, like, inspired this movie because he actually ended up dying due to a failed bullet catch mm. trick. Yikes. There was, like, I don't know, something with, like, they didn't clean the guns properly and so the gun that wasn't supposed to fire did fire and that was the only time in over two decades that he spoke english in public and he said something like oh god something gone horribly wrong lower the curtain (laughs) why are we laughing that's horrible i don't know i just think that like because the newspapers were saying chung ling su speaks english (laughs) that's horrible yeah um well and so that ties back to like when borden's like yeah he lives his magic like borden was living his this is the trick yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. I wonder, like, I didn't read any interviews with Christopher Nolan, but it sounds like the this story took a lot of inspiration or, like, elements from just the story mm-hmm. of this man. Because they talk a lot about, like, the failed bullet catch and it's dangerous and then this is the lie and living the lie and all of that kind right. of stuff. So there are a lot of parallels with this that I thought was really interesting. Gosh, what a horrible way to go. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, he had like an assistant who also pretended to be Chinese that he would like say was his wife, and neither one of them spoke English. It was like this whole big thing. You can you can look up Did, pictures. Was he fluent? No, 
I don't think so. I was like, know. what if someone who's fluent in Chinese like came up and started talking to him? So it's like the 1800s. There were people who spoke Chinese. Come on. In China. <laughs> I don't know. If he was I, that great yeah. of a magician, people were probably. I don't know. Apparently, like I did read that he did. Um, he would only do interviews with like an interpreter or whatever. So I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch any of oh his my interviews. Gosh. But you can look up pictures, and it's like very clearly not an old Chinese man. <laughs> I thought this was interesting because I haven't heard from this actor in forever. But Josh Hartnett was considered for the part of Robert Angier. Oh my like, gosh! Can you imagine? Who's he? Yeah, I could not have imagined. He, I don't think he would have. I it, no. It, he feels like a lot younger. Than right. I think he would have been this. too young for yeah. the role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really well done film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I yeah, think it's very entertaining. I highly entertaining. recommend anybody watch it, even with the spoiler and stuff. I guess you can go into it and watch it like it's your second time knowing the twist. But it really does. If you got this far and you haven't seen it, then I feel sorry for you because I wish I could watch this movie again for the first time. Because it's yeah. just it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It was really really good. Yeah. What would you rate it? Oh, man, like a seven or eight, probably mm-hmm. out of ten. I agree. That's what I would give it. Yeah. It was a, it was successful, but it wasn't like a massive mm-hmm. like box office hit. And it's not like a cult hit, I'd say, because it's not like it's wildly popular now. Right. Either. It doesn't have like a cult status, mm-hmm. um, I would say. But it has like in like the film critic community, it has developed like a very good reputation in recent years. Or just like since its release, I think. Um, I think that people didn't really get it when it was first released and then maybe watching it a second time or something. They were like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, I get how smart this is and everything. And so I think a couple lists have it as like one of the best movies of the 2000s. I think it's like... It was listed on like a thousand movies to see before you die and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's like number 25 or something. Like it's in the top 100 on IMDb's top 250. It's great. It is good. You should watch it. You guys should definitely watch it. It was actually nominated for two Academy Awards, though. Did it win? Uh, I don't think so. Aw, man. Yeah. It was um, Best Art Direction and Best Cinematography. (laughs) It's interesting. I would have... I know. Yeah. Because, you know, like, like... I think to, like, now, how what qualifies something as Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And I think to, like, Parasite... Like the twist in Parasite is kind of similar. Not yeah. similar, but you know, there's a twist. Yeah. And it's like that's what creates like the suspense. Yeah, I think that initially part of the problem that people had with it was the twist. They felt like it was a little cheap, I think was what some of the reviews said. Oh. Um Yeah, it didn't it didn't have like the best rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was like in the seventies or mm-hmm. something. So like critics thought it was, it was like average. okay. Yeah. But I think that just like it's aged pretty well and like I think people who maybe watch it the first time and then just go straight to reviewing it they're like eh, it was okay it was like whoa it was kind of cool but then like the more you think about it and watch it again and stuff you really realize the genius of it and not even just the the story itself but just like all the performances and all the little nuances of like Christian Bale being two different people and I think that there's just like a lot to appreciate about this movie. Everything was done with a purpose. Like yes. Every little thing yeah. was done intentionally. It's one of those movies Not- where like you can't really take one part out and have it all still make sense. Right. Like it's all very important. 
yeah, and nothing was thrown in there just like as a random thing mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So I really liked it. I think that it's definitely in my top 10 yeah. of films that I could watch over and over again and thoroughly enjoy every time. Yeah. And uh, I watched this movie twice in like the last month already. Like I watched it once just because I wanted to watch it. And then we rolled it on here and I was like, ah, I got to watch it again and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a big thing is like, I have to watch it once through before I take notes. And then I have to watch it a second time through where I start to take notes. I don't, I watch it just one time through just without any pressure of taking notes or anything. Oh, well, I guess I kind of did that, but unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I have to do it with the movies. But yeah, so we can roll to see what our next film is. Yeah. Okay, The Wheel of Fortune. Oh, it makes a sound. Are you kidding me? The Matrix <laughs> almost won again. <laughs> We're never going to watch one it's of It's another movies. Hugh Jackman <laughs> film. It's the greatest showman. <laughs> Yeah, so the greatest showman one. <laughs> Yay. Okay, fun fact. David picks like a randomizer list, which just like puts everything at, puts like the top, puts it in a random list. And so the Matrix was at the top. And I was like, no, I want the wheel because that's what we used last time. So I made him redo it in a wheel. <laughs> the Matrix like almost won. Almost won. I'm going to post a picture on Instagram of the Matrix almost winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it looks like we're watching the greatest showman for our next <laughs> Jackman's getting a lot of love right now. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys next time. As always, write us in. Tell us um, how we, you know, how we did. If there were any fun facts, how you liked the film. If you also want to write in and tell us what you think about The Greatest Showman, we might talk about it. Yeah. You know, if we get any We might talk comments. about your comments. Yeah. If we get any comments, we'll definitely um, share them. Yeah. So just let us know. I also noticed I say um a lot and like a lot. So just don't call me out on it, okay? I know I need to work on it. I don't need we're not, you we're not commenting perfect. about it, okay? Thank you. <laughs> Has anyone said anything about it or are you just being self-conscious? Um, I'm being self-conscious, but okay. I'm sure eventually someone's going to say they couldn't listen because Rita says um and like a lot. Oh, well. Um, like, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Can I get a mimosa?